This is Agents Influence Podcast. During the recession, we had a lot of clients that just called us and said, look, I need your help. Give me some help. I need to stay in compliance, but I can't afford the service anymore. And from that, we decided we're going to put together online tools to empower these agencies that can't afford to use our services. And so we're rolling out licensing and compliance courses, how to do the Secretary of State filings, you know, the annual returns, um, how do you deal with the Department of Revenue? I'm Jason Cass, and we're going to help you think differently, change your agency, change your finances, change your family, and in the end, we're going to change an industry. Let's go. Hey, 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 loyal listeners. Welcome once again to Agents Influence Podcast. We're here with Jason Cass, and uh, today we are here with uh, Ted and Arlene Tavares. Now, one, one second before we get to them, because right now, um, AIBrainShare.com, AIBrainShare.com, you need to get there. Uh, I'm assuming this podcast is coming out somewhere around the very end of February, beginning of March 2020. If you're listening to it after that, then just skip forward through this. But BrainShare, AIBrainShare.com, Puerto Rico, October 25th, 26th, 27th, 28th. Literally probably have just a couple more days to go get signed up. It's 150 people invite only. If you want to get invited and get interviewed by me to be able to go, you need to go to AIBrainShare.com and sign up. Okay? Do that. AIBrainShare.com. Sign up. I'll call you. See if if you're going to fit. Brain Share, October 25th, 26th, 27th, 28th, Puerto Rico. It's going to be awesome. And don't get FOMO, okay? This happens every year. You guys do this FOMO thing. You're like September and October. You're like, oh my gosh, Jason. And I'm like, I sold out in March, you know? So this is your chance, all right? All right, so without further ado, Ted and Arlene Tavares. Am I saying that correct? Tavares. 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 Yes. So I apologize. That's that's the way that I probably will butcher it every time. My loyal, <laughs> my loyal listeners know I'm terrible with names, but Tavares. So that that's okay. fantastic. Ted, Arlene, uh, welcome to Agents Influence, man. Hey, nice to be here. We are excited yeah. to be having Thanks. a conversation with you, Jason. Right, and I don't even know where. I can't even remember, loyal listeners, um, full disclosure, we don't know each other outside of literally talking to each other for the last five minutes. We don't know each other. And I can't remember, Ted and Arlene, where I found you, where I found Spot On Insurance. Um, one of the things that um, we'll talk about that, but but we'll talk about Spot On Insurance and all the things you guys are doing, but let's let the loyal listeners uh, relate to you guys. Are Ted, Arlene, are you iPhone or Droid users? <laughs> iPhone. iPhone. Although I was a BlackBerry user for many, many years, and I had such a hard time giving up my BlackBerry. And Ted had the iPhone. Like I'm pretty from much the very, everything Apple since Apple the very came beginning. out. <laughs> I've done the artwork. I've uh, I worked at the uh, in Texas, the hardest at the Metro at the, the Met- Metropolitan Transit Authority, and uh, I used to do art there. A lot of the designs and their artwork. So I. Wow, I've always been very involved in art, and, and the Mac was perfect for it. Everybody that it worked is. with us in the marketing department used the Macs, and, and we, I was always in love with we it. We had a Commodore sixty four back in the day, like a <laughs> long, long. <laughs> what are you saying, Commodore sixty four? So there's a bunch of kids right now, millennials. They're they're picturing like pirates and stuff, <laughs> like and and like captains on a ship or something, like a Commodore. But yeah, no, 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 no. I I uh, wow, that is that's pretty good there now i want to talk you are right i will say my loyal listeners know that i'm a huge droid fan but i will say and i've said it over and over when it comes to graphics editing art mac just has the up advantage on any other system out there they really truly do their their suite is really really nice with those products but i'll tell you what the other thing is for us uh, especially we're we're out we work out of puerto rico uh that's where we have our uh, our second office and wow it's really, it's really our primary office. So we hope to see you here when you get here. For yeah, this October. mastermind thing you're doing, man. It, wow. Yeah. So we're here in Puerto, working out of uh, Puerto Rico, and it's just a, 
paradise. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and, and on the computer side, yeah, we have a team of, of marketing and graphic designers. And of course, that's what they love is but working the, on the But the big Macs. reason why uh, when we first got here about three years ago that I went, made sure that I had the Mac and nothing else is because I w- my concern, of course, with viruses. Viruses. Yeah, anything like that. I, I mean, uh, for us, we've never had any problems with it. And I it's something that the PC users are constantly dealing with, with people breaking into their systems and so on. And I just don't worry about that with the Mac. What's the last cool uh, um, app that you guys have downloaded? Uh, the Ring. <laughs> what? Oh, Ring for, yeah. your, for, for your front door? Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. cool. You guys, has it already come in use? Oh, oh. yes, yes. We, oh, wow. we have a huge renovation going on in a second home that we bought here in Puerto Rico. Ah. And so we can see as contractors come and go. Wow, <laughs> I did not even thinking about it being used for that. That's pretty oh no, good. it's it's really cool for and also since I've got one in, in front of the garage, so if somebody has to come in, they just stand in front of the ring, and uh, it lets me know there's somebody there, and I can either talk to them right from wherever I am in the United States, or I just press press a button and the garage door opens and lets them in. So. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to 2020. Is That's that cool? Right. That is, I know it oh, is yeah. cool. Now, what what what's led you, in your guys's uh, personal opinion, um, from each of you, what has probably led you to 2020, into where you are now? Would you say if it was one of the two, would you say it's luck or skill? Uh skill, skill, expertise, just becoming experts in an area that so many people didn't want to dive into. And so we were able to create a business 20 something years ago that, you know, we were the, 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 the premier, uh, the premier um, compliance company. And so it's like kind of doing like that stuff that nobody else wants to do. And or they're afraid to do afraid to do it and learning Mm. to do it really well. And just that being our, our thing. That's, yeah, I love that, Arlene. Ted, what do you think? I, I think it's it's always a, a, a bit of a combination. You you make your luck through your hard work and effort, and uh, somehow things lined up where I don't remember what the two streets were, but one of them was opportunity and uh, success. You know where where you work so hard. Preparation and, and, and opportunity. Preparation meets there op- opportunity. Is. So it's preparation, preparation, working hard. And then all of a sudden these opportunities come by. And that's what I guess people call the luck factor mm-hmm. that comes in. But it's actually as a result of you taking this road that that intersects with it. Yeah. That's what I, think. I agree. I agree. I agree emphatically. And I mean, between you guys, what, I mean, what do you guys, does one feel the same way, but what would you rather, would you, do you love to win or do you hate to lose? What would that be? <laughs> do- uh, I I love to win. I'm Ted, you it. feel the same way? Yeah, he said he's thinking about it. <laughs> well, I I sure as heck don't like to lose. I'd 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 have to say the win side. The win side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because I can, I can lose and and deal with it. You have to learn to to deal with losses and and to live with that. But what I what what, what it's all about is winning. Getting to that so, next level. So here's what I want to do. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to bring you guys, these were great questions. The loyal listeners kind of getting a feel for who you are after 400 and some of these, we can listen to those questions over and over. And it's, it's really cool how the matrix can line up. One, what I want to do here is I want to take us back. I usually say back to diapers, high school, whatever, and bring us forward to where you are. And this one, what I'd like to do, Ted, is I'd like for you um, – now, actually, Arlene, I want you to start, and I want you to kind of go back to college and high school and bring us forward to when you met Ted and then stop, okay? And then we're going to hear it from Ted as well. Does that sound good? Sure. Go ahead, Arlene. Uh, so all the way to high school or even yeah, about, further about back? The, about, about there and forward. Yeah, where were you born and then bring us forward? Okay, so I was born in Brooklyn, in Park Slope, Brooklyn, and um, – it was a very interesting time. You know, our neighborhood was very, very mixed. Um, I actually went to a small Catholic um, grammar school. And uh, high school, I went to a very large high school. So that was 
quite a bit of a shocker. I went from, you know, a small Catholic school, just people from my neighborhood, primarily an Italian Irish neighborhood. And I went to a high school, Brooklyn Tech, um, that had probably about 5,000 students, maybe a little bit more than that. And um, there were people from all the different boroughs, and it was quite overwhelming at first. And um, like the first month that I was there, I had a car accident. And so I was out of school for six weeks. So when I went back to school, everyone already knew how to get around this massive, gigantic uh, building. And I was just at a loss. And um, the classes were extremely difficult. And it was just like, so, so tough. But um, my major at that school was aeronautical engineering. And to me, wow, just attending that school gave me like the preparation to do like just about anything in life. And um, fast forward a couple of years later, you know, I met Ted through family. We got together very, very young. And uh, the rest is history. We worked freelance at lots of different companies. And um and then started our business. Aeronautical engineer. That may be a first, Arlene. That's awesome. <laughs> Ted, how about you, buddy? <laughs> well, uh, when I met her, she was in, uh, when we You got to go back to well, where you, you were born. Where you- oh, you want, you want the birth? <laughs> I was, yeah, born, I was born I was born in the, in the Dominican Republic. Oh, okay. Uh, so I was born, I'm an island boy. I left the DR when I was uh, six years old. I spend most of my life, uh, most of my next 30 years or so in uh, Brooklyn, New York. And uh, I studied around the same area that where Arlene was. So we kind of met because we were in a similar neighborhood and our parents had known each other uh, a little bit, um, but we didn't. Um, and shortly shortly around the time when I was in college and she was in, in high school, we, we actually got together. Okay. Oh, wow. So you guys have been together for a long time. Uh, about 37 years. Actually. That's wow. right. And that's <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And you guys have worked together mainly most of your, your whole life. So you guys met and then you decided, hey, I mean, whether you're a boyfriend or girlfriend, you decided, were you guys, did you guys go to work together or did you guys go to the separate industries? Where'd you guys go from there? So we actually um, worked separately at first and then we ended up doing, Ted ended up learning how to do word processing back in the day, long, long time ago. Uh And uh, I shortly after that learned how to do it as well. And then we took on just hundreds of freelance uh, jobs in some of the largest corporations in New York City and really honed our skills with computers, with, you know, saw a lot of different management styles. And Ted always used to say back then, if we ever start our own business, we want to be able to take the management styles that we have found are the best into our business. And, um, you know, so it was 10 years of uh, learning. We worked at law firms. Um, we would do word processing. We would do editing for lawyers. Uh, we worked at uh, I w- we worked at Chadbourne and Park uh, in a lot of investment, a lot of investment companies. banking. And, and some of the big cases like uh, the cigarette litigation cases that were going on at the time, I, I was uh, working on their briefs, editing briefs for them. And uh, it was it was a fantastic opportunity for us to to really hone our skills and learn. Uh, part of the other part part of the other thing that we were doing was, uh, at least I was going in there and being nobody knew how to use all these word processing programs that we have now, mm-hmm. and nobody knew how to work the computers. They'd get they get a computer and a printer, and they didn't even know how to connect them together. So I used to be I. I designated myself the IT man wherever I went. And if I saw that they didn't know how to use computers and this, I would teach them and I would uh, connect their printers, uh, which were not an easy task to their different computers and get and, right. and got them working. Especially back then. I mean, that's still difficult today in most, and uh, you know, in, in a lot of agencies and a lot of businesses. So yeah. And, and when about was that Ted about, when was that? Is, am I saying in the 80s? Is that right? Yeah, yeah it's in the, the 80s. 80s but, like mm-hmm. 84, but 85. I, I, I tell you how bad it was. I went into one company 
And they refused to work with this printer and this computer. They had the computer there. Nobody was working on it. And I said, what's going on? And they said, well, somebody came, the last person that came in completely messed up our, the job and they're not connecting right and everything else. So I said, let me get a hand on a handle of it and see if I can help you guys. And they were like, no, 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 just leave it alone. I was like, no, seriously, I can fix this for you. And I fixed it and I ended up staying with them for six months. They didn't want to let me go after that (laughs) because I got them up and running. I mean, to be honest with you, that's still a needed job today, let alone back Mm -hmm. in the 80s. You know, one of these things that I'm discovering, maybe you guys are discovering this, Ted and Arlene, is that I have these young millennials that work for me. And I talk with other business owners and it's different than someone of your age, Ted, that grew up with the Commodore 64, grew up with, you know, a lot of the the new technology back then, right? And Mm -hmm. so it was not only was it new, but like to understand it, you kind of had to know like what it did and how it was pieced together and how it became like what it is, right? It was a very simple DOS system and things like that. Today, these kids are whizzes on video games and and some of these devices. But if you want them to fix the um, the printers in the office, if you want them to help the network or discover what's wrong with the software on your computer, a lot of times they're lost. They, yes. they don't have a clue. Is that not weird that that's come about that way? Yeah, it's, it's amazing um, because like Ted and I were just like always like, behind the scenes, like, okay, how does WordPerfect work? How does this work? And we definitely saw that early on when we started our business, we were using a software called Omniform. And um, what we were doing was taking the data, uploading it from our database into these forms. And then, you know, you would have to kind of like clean up the form and, and all of that. And so many people were just afraid to like, kind of get behind Mm -hmm. the, the, the software and see how it worked. And it was like, you're not going to break it. Just, you know, like, right. Just even if you did, you could fix it. Yeah. Figure a way to fix it. it. I mean, yeah. So, uh, but now, yeah, you're right. It's more of a specialized thing before everybody, if, if you wanted to work on the internet, uh, and, and you needed to, uh, have anything on the internet at all you had to go in there and program it yourself you had to Mm -hmm. you know all these things that came about later were all these apps that made it easier and easier all these programs that did the coding for you but before then we were involved in having to do the coding in order to make some stuff happen absolutely absolutely um so that's just one of those effects of of now so somehow you guys weaved yourself into this compliance company that you guys have. That that sounds like, and from some of the research I've done in you guys, that seems like that's where a lot of your passion is. And 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 after doing these hundred freelance jobs in different industry sectors, what made you settle on this? And is it just in the insurance industry, or do you do other sectors? Do you do licensing and compliance? You, we do licensing and compliance for the entire insurance industry, and we have about 50 services from the uh, our, our uh, parent company, which is ILSA. So just to uh, take you back, how we ended up in the insurance industry was Ted was freelancing at a company by the name of Manette, J.H. Manette, which is a uh, was a London broker in New York City. And um, he brought me on a couple of weeks afterwards. They needed additional help. And um, later on, after his assignment was finished there, because I also was working full-time at Chemical Bank at the time in the finance division, um, they needed uh, an a person to come in full time. And so they asked him if he would come on. They called me back a year <laughs> earlier. Let, let me let me go back to on that story with her. Okay. Um, I was working for maybe two months with them and they they really loved the work. And uh, the manager there, Mike D'Angelo, says to me, you know, I really love the work that you do. Uh, you're really good at computers and everything else. And we really like it. Do you know anybody else who is as good as you, who can do as good a job as you? And I was like, yeah, my wife. <laughs> and, he, and he goes, well, bring her in. So That's I ended up nice. bringing her in. We worked together. They, they really loved our work. And about a year later, uh, we left about three months later. The job was finished. But he kept my information. And he calls me up a year later. And he says, Ted, I, I have a job for you. Um, would you Would you like to come and work with us? And I said, 
Mike, I would love to, but I really love what I'm doing in terms of freelancing. I'm learning so much. I'm not taking anything home with me. Uh, people love me because I'm problem solving for them in every company. So uh, I don't, I, you know, I, I'm not really interested in full time right now. Um, but my wife is looking for something else. So you remember her and he goes, yeah, send her in. So she got in interviewed and that's how we got into the industry. Yeah. Gotcha. So, I mean, that was, that was during the time that the banks were restructuring. So I knew that I needed to make a transition out of chemical bank. And so I ended up at Minette's, um, risk consulting division. I ended up going to the college of insurance, getting my risk management degree and probably about you know, right after I got my ARM, I ended up uh, heading up licensing and compliance for Manette. Ah. Yeah. And um, we didn't have anyone that had been doing that role before. Um, Manette was fairly new in the United States. They had had a large operation in Canada and um, they were fairly new in the United States. This is back like in 1989, 1990. And um, so I started to head up, I headed up licensing and compliance for all of our North American operations. And then as a couple of years went by, I kept telling Ted, Ted, man, if we offer this same service to the industry, it's so needed. You know, we can really build something out of it but it's so complicated. Yes. Um, but if we can automate it from day one. She said, Ted, if you can automate it <laughs> yes. from day one, is what it came. Uh, she says, well, I have the compliance side and you have the technology side and we know so much about computers. She says, we could do a much better job than anybody who's out there. And I, uh, I agreed with her and it, it took us about three years to really make it happen. It was, a, it was a great opportunity. You know, by then awesome. um, Aeon had bought Minette and so I was an Aon employee and I was reporting into Chicago and we made the decision to start our own business and Aon became our first client. So that was pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was uh, that's a heck of a, uh, of a, of a first client, you know what I mean? Yes. So that's great. Yes. And, and I can only imagine because even of an insurance agency, three locations, we do, we do business in about three or four States. It's not as complicated as it was 10 years ago with the National right. Insurance Producer Registry and stuff like that. But still, like if I, I just we just changed our entity um, and uh, from a, from an LLP to an actual S corp. So we're having to go through all of these changes and it's ridiculous because it's, you got to go here to apply for the application, but you got to go over here to actually download your license. But if you want to change your address, you got to go here and it's like, oh my gosh. And I mean, we're only doing business in four States, right? So yes. I'm thinking to myself, if you were doing this in all 50 States, it's ridiculous that you have to hire somebody just to do this. Hence where you guys came in, right? Right. Right. That's, right. that's what you we know. wanted to solve that problem. Yeah. But you know, it's not as easy even even we say right now we're not we're not into the license business we're in, into the licensing business we're into the compliance business because behind you getting that license there's a lot of things that happen and can happen and it's when you run into those problems that you really need the compliance services that we offer because that's where uh, you start to falling into all these traps and it's also all these little things that happen that you're supposed to do that you know nothing about because there's so many. Yes, yeah. so, uh, give me give me some examples of these. I'm curious myself. Sure, okay. sure. like um, you decide. Hey, I want to start. Um, I want to have a DBA for my business. You know, um, my clients. I I bought this new book of business, and I want to have continuity with that name. So even though I have this entity called uh, Cass Insurance Agency, I now want to do business as. Uh, uh, JC insurance agency. Well, that's a DBA. Well, you have to file that. You have to file it not only with the insurance department, but with the secretary of state. So you have to make sure that all of those things are in place for different um, states. Sometimes mm -hmm. you have to file it on a county level. So those oh, are wow. things that you know, people don't know. And how would no you know you that? Know. How would you yeah. possibly know that? Um, you know, and then uh, getting approval to use that name. Is there any other agency that has a similar name? Well, if there is, now you have to get a consent of use of name because that name is similar. Um, it's being used out there. So you actually have to send a letter to that agency um, asking permission to be able to use that name. So the name of the 
entity is so important. It's something that, you know, um, a lot of agencies, owners are not aware of. And especially if they expand in the future, they should know, hey, in California, your name has to be this way in Massachusetts. You know, so those are the things that like we know, like that's that's what we do. That's regulatory compliance. (laughs) Like like in like in California, I think you're it has to have services in it or something and it can't say this other stuff. Now here's what's crazy. This is like my my skin is like cringing here because I have been going through this for the last two to three months. Now, now one of the things I thought was, is as we were doing this, we were having our operating agreement redone and everything. And when I got my bill from my lawyer on how much just that cost, I thought to myself, holy cow. Well, so I call my CPA and she's saying, Hey, we're going to have to get a new FEIN number and everything. You're going to have to. And so I was like, okay, so I'm thinking, I guess I could just call my lawyer and he's going to take care of all this. Then I, then I started thinking to myself, no, I remember what I just got charged for this operating agreement, you know? So I'm like, I'm going to do this myself. So I started doing it myself. I talked to one of my large companies and I talked to their HR and I said, what is everything you're going to need? And I went through it with her so that I could figure out my other companies. Long story short, here we're going through some of this stuff. And about three weeks ago, the companies are hitting me saying, hey, we're checking your uh, DOI license and it's still not pulling up. So long story short, I didn't realize this is so silly of me, but this is what business owners do, as you're talking about. I changed my, I changed everything, but I never changed the actual FEIN number on the LLC on through my DOO license through the state of Illinois. And and so I thought, because the guy told me, he said, oh, no, 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 no. You just need to change the name. So I changed the name. But as they were trying to pull it up by the FEIN number, no one could find it. So finally, my companies got mad at me and said, Jason, you need to fix this. So then I finally figured this out. So it was this little bitty detail that looking back on it, I'm like, well, duh, Jason, you had to do that, you know, <laughs> but there's so many things I was doing. The, what I'm going with this story is, is I didn't know there was a place out there like that you guys have that, that help people go through this grueling task, you know? Yeah. And, and I bet you there are tons of agencies that are constantly changing different entity names and all that stuff that yeah. I don't know if they know, you know, they know you're out there. Well, we call them, we call what we just fell into traps. There's so many of them, but different states mm-hmm. that there's no way for you to know. But the state, since you got your license, they're expecting you to know that and, and mm-hmm. you're responsible for that. Mm-hmm. The reason why we started this company was to simplify that for folks. But the other thing that we found is people who were using lawyers would find out that they're paying five, ten times what they mm. would normally pay. If they're using our service, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to expound on that. On give two different uh, uh, things on that. So first of all, when we get calls, or our team in Texas gets a call, a client like you, or or, or you know someone on the phone, and they say, "Oh, I just had a name change," and then we realize that you changed your your. F-E-I-N. And we're like, that's not a name change. That's like, you just changed the entity. That's like a totally different scenario. Um, So we deal with that all the time. Second, what Ted was talking about using a lawyer. One time we were working on this huge project for this large insurance company, even though like what we do is agency licensing. We also have some of the world's largest carriers that come to us to set up all of their agencies that they have. Gotcha. So, yeah. So we were working for a very large carrier, getting them uh, licensed across the United States. And um, they had, they, they shared with us that they had used a law firm in California just to get them licensed for property and casualty and surplus lines in one state in California. And I have become friendly with uh, their general counsel and she showed me the invoice and I just nearly had a heart attack because that invoice to get them licensed in one state represented the exact fee that we would have charged plus the state fees in all states and all across the United States. And I I was just like, 
I felt so cheap. <laughs> they were like, what are we doing? I felt so we cheap. Really I was like, this up. holy cow. For that price, we could get you oh. licensed across the United States and pay for the state fees. And pay oh. our bills. <laughs> wow. That, and that's where you knew you had something though, right? Because yeah. that, that's what you call a market. That's what you call a margin, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I think it's kind of like when you when the cable companies charge you to watch five uh, channels and they were charging us $120 a month. There was yeah. some digital platforms out there that said, we can give you the same thing for 30 bucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we can still pay our bills. And, and and that's a market and a margin. So that's awesome that you guys did that. And so how long ago was that? About 20 some years ago? Am I correct? Yeah. We started the business in 1997, in late 1997. Um, so yeah, about 23 years ago. But about 10 years ago, we developed the first uh, surplus lines tax filing program uh, that goes across. We can do all states. Uh, handling surplus lines business, but and again, we started that because we knew that there was no one out there that was doing it. We knew that it was a nightmare for brokers, and again, once we were able to automate the process, we rolled it out back and, in uh, two thousand four, and now we just uh, rolled out what we call CAT, which is a tax calculator for surplus lines, and it allows people that perhaps can't afford all of our comprehensive services, but it gives them a tool to be able to see all so much information that they need before they can do their filings. And so reports. imagine the, the, everybody's doing these filings, but our people are constantly doing it for so many companies across the United States, updating the information, updating this calculator, right? Which is what we do in our office. Well, this, the, the, the inner workings of this is their their job, what our people are doing at our office. That's what powers this calculator. So all that information goes into this calculator so that whenever anybody else uses it, they can go in and they have up-to-date information and it's able to calculate exactly what they owe to each state and they're able to remit their taxes to the different states. Gotcha. And this is something we're rolling out right now and that's the first of its kind as well. But we're also doing some uh, compliance courses that uh, we want to put out so people really get a better understanding of compliance. Just as an one agent. of the things that we've heard over the 20 something years is either I can't afford your services or I've been using you guys for three or four years and they've blown up, you know, like the agency is really successful. They have several hundred producers and it just gets to the point where maybe it's not uh, feasible to continue to use our services. But what they want is for us to go in-house and train their people. You know, and they'll ah. just come to us like, you know, for um, special projects, but they want us to go and train their people. And we just couldn't. We, we couldn't afford to take away our people from the office and go in-house and train. And, um, and then what really honed in on us, like that we needed to come up with a online tool was during the recession. You know, during the recession... We had so many clients that went out of business, a lot of agencies that merged, a lot of clients that just called us and said, look, I need your help. Give me um, some help. I need to stay in compliance, but I can't afford this service anymore. And from that, we decided we're going to put together online tools to empower these agencies that can't afford to use our services. And so we're rolling out licensing and compliance courses, how to do the Secretary of State filings, you know, the annual returns, um, how do you deal with the Department of Revenue? Um, wow. And these courses are like, they're like so good. Like our people that are designing it, who are just graphics people, they're like, these are the most engaging and fun courses ever. Well, that <laughs> is then, awesome. It's yeah. kind of needed when you're talking about compliance. That'll put you yeah. And they definitely don't have, you know, any background in compliance. And they're like, oh, my gosh, I understand surplus lines tax filings now. <laughs> if so you... we're excited about that. Did you hear that virtual intelligence and on-hand VAs actually merge? That's right. I was talking to Michael Cruz and checking out what he has there with his Colombian workers. And I said to him, dude. 
what's up? You realize you're not a VA, right? He said, what do you mean? I said, you're a VE. Look it up on ChatGPT. I encourage you to do that too. He's got forward-facing VEs. VEs that can answer the phone and take questions 30 days in. You say yes to Michael. I want what you have. In 30 days, that's what he delivers. I said, Michael, this is unbelievable. We're strong in the front, but we're really strong in the back end. You provide the external VE for us. We provide the internal VE. I looked at him. I said, buddy, let's do this together. Let's let's do this. And he looked at me and he put out his hand and like a good solid Cuban American, he said, Jason, I'm committed. Let's do it. And that's what we did. We flew to Columbia. We saw his operation and you need to see it too. Give us a little click at virtual Intel. That's with two L's. That's virtual I N T E L L dot com. Go check us out. See what we're doing. High quality VEs mixed with technology delivered right into your agency. And you don't have to do all the things that you don't like to do, like hiring, firing, requiring, recreating, trying to find processes. Just there's so much stuff. I can't even say it right. That's right. Virtual Intel cast certified. If you guys had one thing that you could possibly do, you know, you've heard it before, like if you, if money didn't matter um, and you just, just purely passion, I mean, what would be the thing that you guys would probably have done for in your life? Would you say this? Would you have taken any other different paths? I, quite frankly, you know, like when I worked at Aon, I loved working in the corporate world. Like I didn't see myself as an entrepreneur. Ted, on the other hand, was like, we got to start our business. We got to start our business. I am so happy on the path that we took, like having our own business and, you know, being able to train employees and see their growth, see how they can serve all of these agencies and carriers across the United States. It's so rewarding. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we're in a small town in central Texas and, you know, we were able to train these folks to be able to provide services that are just first class to this industry. And I have no regrets. Like I love what we do. And then the podcast that we put together, I mean, that's the most fun that we could possibly have just talking. So to- how long has that been going on? Um, we started that in 2015. Ted started hosting it. We were actually outsourcing the hosting of it. In 2017, um, Ted started uh, hosting it. And then I joined him a few as months co-host. Later, I like to clown. <laughs> so I needed somebody to be serious. And I have to keep him on track. <laughs> and, you know? and also, she's the queen of uh, uh, regulatory compliance. So uh, whenever right. we got into that area, I wanted to have her doing that. I, I'm I'm more into the technology side, and of course, employee training and services, things like that. Like we we took service really, really seriously, and what we mean that is not just service to our clients, but service to the people who work with us. So our our stuff is training, uh, personal development, professional development. We really made that like put that at at the center, at the heart of what we do. And one thing, Jason, you know, like our thing has always been like licensing, regulatory compliance. 90% of our clients are probably in the property casualty commercial space. Now that we have the podcast, we're able to talk to people all across the insurance industry that are creating Mm -hmm. all of these innovative things. And it is just so much fun to hear of the brilliant things that they're coming out with, um, all of the startups. Uh, and now we're wonderful. getting involved with colleges and professors, universities. Uh, Ooh, to that's really, great. We want to yeah. pull into the insurance industry, you know, try to get that job done that, that we feel has not really been done, which is to let people in high school, in colleges, know that the insurance industry exists and it's not just to sell you piece of paper that says that you're insured there's so much to it Cybersecurity, this it there's there's so Robotics. much in the industry mm-hmm. that the insurance industry itself and it's such a, a good way to make you know to make a living yeah it is it is a good way to make your living and you are right about that there's so many different jobs 
that go mm-hmm. in inside of of this great industry. Um, you guys probably, obviously, are not loyal listeners, and that's fine. The loyal listeners know that I believe this, and I believe that I believe in five things, and I believe that um, the reason why I have a passion for what I do is because I do, as loyal listeners know, say I say all the time, this is the greatest industry God ever created, and I mm-hmm. say that because I never thought or knew that I would have the opportunities and the life style and being able to impact other people in the way that I can because of the insurance industry. Hands down, no doubt. I'm talking about before I was I had a podcast, before I was doing things. Now it's only accelerated and I believe in five truths. I believe that what people need to know, those ki- those college professors, what those kids in college or not in college, getting out of college, didn't go to college, whatever it could be, they need to know the five truths. And the f- five truths are a flexible schedule. You'll never have a job that has a flexible schedule like something in the insurance industry. It's amazing. It really truly is. You're going to be able to have financial freedom. The um, financial means that I have and some of my other business owners, we talk about it all the time. I mean, I came from a family where we were so poor that we had crackers and butter for dinner. That's that's not a joke. Mm-hmm. I never thought that I would have this. The third thing happens to be a community contributor or a community leader, being someone in your community that can really make an impact on just not the lives of people today, but making a lot impact in your community, which is going to help people even after we're gone. Being an empire builder, that says the same thing to that. Empire builder to be able to start your own business, to be able to create your own company over overnight, literally, and being able to, as I say to people, it's not so much the impact your business makes today, but think of the people that are going to have a great lifestyle in 30, 50, 60 years because of what you're laying the groundwork for today. And number five is a mentorship. I believe that once all this culminates, that mentorship is something that's lacked and needed and will be filled as a void in this industry. And the first two have to do with me. The last three have to do with others. And I believe if you Mm -hmm. take that premise and say, no matter what you do, you got to take care of yourself, right? It's kind of like they say with the planes going down, make sure you put the mask on you first, then the kid, right? (laughs) Right. That's important. So you do need to worry about you. But at the end of the day, you got to put the mask on the kid, right? And I think that that's what's important. And I believe the five truths. And I, I think if we can resonate those to young people or resonate to people who aren't in this industry, they'll be able to realize what we've realized and, and. And I just want everybody to know about it, you know, and that that kind of goes back to some of the stuff you're saying, Ted, by going to the colleges and other things like that. Mm-hmm. So that's kudos the plan. To you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, Kudos to you. Now, t- now, Ted, Ted, if you if you could have any job, money wasn't a factor. Would it be inside the insurance industry? Would or in what you're doing now, or what was there some Absol- wild thing ab- you'd like to do? I would say previously, absolutely not, because I didn't know the insurance industry existed, and. Uh, you know, but but again, this this job that we have, I, I can't say I I want to do anything else because it allowed me to do so much. It 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 allowed me to touch so many people's lives. It, it allowed me to become a manager, uh, influencer of uh, of up to at one point eighty employees. Mm-hmm. Their lives are in my hands. They're, you know, molding how I, I, I saw their children grow up. And I saw that we as a company, through our personal development, through our professional development of their parents, influenced how those kids uh, were coming up. And to us, that was phenomenal. I saw people who thought they could never buy a house, uh, who came out of high school and a year or two later were buying their first house. And we're like, wow, the, the classes that we've received, the, it's it's. What you've taught us has just done so much for us. And that to us jazzes us. Never mind the clients that call and say, oh, my God, you're a lifesaver. You, you, the things you've done for us, I, I, I wouldn't have imagined that I, there was somebody out there who could handle regulatory compliance for me. <laughs> I thought I, I, there was no way I was going to be able to run my business. And, and now I can push that over to you guys and you guys handle it. What a dream. The, the ability for us to travel all over the world. Uh, which we've done um, again. We've gone with employees to London, you know, to Hawaii. Yeah. All over. Taking employees to Lloyd's, taking them to Hawaii, taking them all over the world and all over the country in different to different conferences where they never traveled out of a little town and called Grossbeck. You know, we are like one of the biggest employers there. 
example. So, so what is some, we'll go here from editor at 4247. So what is some of the stuff that you would say, I mean, spot on insurance has been huge. It's kind of the, the reason why we did, um, or reason I did agents influence was to take people's voices that were in the industry and catapult them forward. And I love all the podcasts that are popping up because all those podcasts are doing nothing more than spreading the gospel of those five truths and all these things out there. So I know mm-hmm. what, what was that, what was that moment, Ted, in 2015 or whatever, when you were like, you, maybe you and Arlene were like, Hey, let's start doing this podcast thing. Well, I, I was chairman of the board for the heart of Texas and we were in Washington, DC, the workforce commission and heart of Texas workforce. And I wasn't at a conference and somebody just put a mic to my face (laughs) and said, I need to, I want to interview you. And I said, what is this for? And he said, for a podcast. And of course, my next question is, what's a podcast? <laughs> and he explained how it was like doing radio, but it was focused on one subject and uh, one industry or so on and so forth. And he began to tell me that. And as he was talking about that, this picture started coming up because we hear all the time, I didn't know a company like yours existed. I didn't know a company like yours existed in the insurance industry. I said, there's no better way for me to let people know that ILSA exists, that Ted and Arlene exist, and we're here to help in regulatory compliance, than to be interviewing people in the industry about regulatory compliance uh, and what we know. So I immediately went upstairs, grabbed Arlene, and we actually hired Doug Foresta, who was the one interviewing me. And I said, how much would it cost for you to just start producing this for us uh, and do it? And we'll find the people for you and you interview them. But, you know, like I I have to take like, take it from my employees perspective, right? So like we get back to the office in Texas after we finished the conference in DC and we're telling them, okay, we're going to start a podcast. And so our poor employees, they're like, oh my God, here go the crazy bosses again. <laughs> you know, like Just, a, another thing that they want to do. Another crazy. So idea. it took them a while to kind of like buy into this thing. And now they're like, yeah, this is awesome that you guys are doing this. Mm-hmm. But you know, of course, early on 2015, they were like, oh my gosh, more work for us. (laughs) But we also took it as giving back to the industry that we have all this regulatory compliance knowledge uh, and we know so many people in the industry and we can help in so many ways that this was a way for us to give back to this industry that has given us so much in the last 21 years. Yeah. Mentorship. Yeah. 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 It quickly evolved, you know, like we thought we were just going to focus more on regulatory compliance, but there was such a need for all different sectors of the industry um, to come on and spread their message. So we kind of, we opened it up early on because we were just getting so many people that wanted to come on and, and share their message. So now we just have people from all over. Um, we of course done a series that's called compliance do's and don'ts. And those are just really deep dives into certain segments Ten of, minute um, deep, deep dives of compliance issues and uh, a, a lot of chief compliance officers, licensing specialists, they love those segments that we've done. Wow. Fantastic. I, I love this. I'm being serious when I say that because like your guys' energy is great. I've learned a lot about you. I love connecting. You have a group of, of, of followers. I wanted you to know, I want my loyal listeners to know about you. Um, I mean, your compliance, I think is huge. We have a lot of large agencies that are, that are loyal listeners. I can imagine them. There's a lot of them probably thinking to themselves like, wow, I didn't know. And maybe other people know about this who work in large States. I don't know, but all I know is that a lot of events, I hear agents griping and complaining about this licensing and compliance issues. So yeah. uh, obviously there's not too much. So kudos to you out there. And it just shows how vast and big this industry is. It's actually very yeah, small, exactly. but it, there is a lot of it in here that you could be having your podcast for 15, since 15. I've had mine since 13 and we just ran into each other a couple, a couple yeah. weeks ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Isn't that yeah. crazy? It's just really, yeah. really it's amazing. I know. And, yeah. And, 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 and that's my goal is to do all I can to get others on because I want I want to mix those crowds. I believe um, I've said this before, and 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 it's it, it maybe sometimes people think it's a terrible analogy. I think it's good. I think that 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 a lot of times, maybe not always, but a lot of times, armies beat tribes. 
I think tribes mm-hmm. are good, okay? But I think of the Indians, right? I think of the mm-hmm. fact that they stayed segregated into their own little tribes, wouldn't come together because if they did, they could have they probably still have this country. And and mm-hmm. and it came to that they that they it, it, there's a lot to be learned in that. And I think that with our little podcast groups, I think that we're we're doing the same thing. I think we're all trying to make sure everybody's going in the same direction and not the same direction. This is America. We have our own little splits and and branches in the tree. But I think what's important is, is that we get to our audiences to know, because I guarantee you, majority of my audience has never, ever even heard of Spot on Insurance. And now you're going to become someone that they listen to because that what you do is a very big importance to them. It may not be as important to the little guy who has two people and he only writes, you know, within 50 miles of, of his, of his office, you know, maybe right. he doesn't have all that, but there's a lot of people that do the average agency, according to surveys, uh, revenue wise, about a million and a half to three and a half million that listen to our podcast just from doing um, surveys in the past. That's where it's at. Mm-hmm. So I imagine there's a lot of people that, that need what you have. So wrapping it up, I always like to end out with this leaders are readers and readers are definitely, um, leaders. And I think that you guys are leaders. So that tells me you're readers. What are you guys reading? What are you reading right now? Well, I am currently reading a book called Relentless. Relentless. And it is just fascinating. It it has to do a lot with um, with athletes, but um, and, it, and it actually has a lot of passages about uh, Kobe Bryant. May he rest in peace. Oh, wow. Um, and it's by Tim, Tim Grover. And it's relentless. And one of the things that I read like last night or the night before is that we are born to be relentless and then we're taught to be good and relent. And we have to get back to being relentless. Like when we're babies, we are relentless in somebody feeding us. Like we're going to cry and cry and cry until our needs are met. We're going to cry... Uh, so that our diapers are changed. And as we get older, you know, we're taught to be good, sit in a corner, be quiet. Uh, don't do this. Don't do that. Well, we have to get back to being relentless. And so I am really enjoying this book. Mm, I like that. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Ted, what about you? Well, right in front of me right now, in fact, I've been looking and going back over the uh, Ken Blanchard uh, the one-minute apology, a powerful way to make things better uh, in your in in your business. Wow, and, uh, I like that. To, to us, they, they they've always. I mean, we've done the one-minute manager with uh, our people, and uh, the cornerstone of uh, we say of our business has been well done. Again, another book by Ken Blanchard, and we had instituted that as. This is how we are going to treat one another. This is how we're going to deal with each other. So the one-minute apology is something that I've had, and I hadn't really taken a look at it. But I know it's in the same vein, so I've started to to read that as well because it's not just for for me to train my people on it. They, they, they're already, with well done, they already know how to do that positive reinforcement and all that. But it, it's good for me to reinforce in myself that it's always good to – it's a strength to be able to say, hey, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. So check this out. Me and Travis, Travis and I, the, my, my uh, business partner, we, we wanted to do two things to our staff this year. So last December, when we pulled ourselves up into an Airbnb for two days and, and beat out what we we're going to do in 2020, we, we decided that our people needed to be physically healthy, mentally healthy, and spiritually healthy. Whatever that spiritual go. could be for them, that that's for them. That's a personal relationship. But we figured that out. And so the spiritual is all about them. They just needed to do the best they can. But one of the things we figured out is that we could help them physically and mentally. And so we bought Fitbits for everybody. And we're having these work week hustles. It's going unbelievable. Um, seeing, seeing the team compete against each other. It's how many steps you can do in a week. And then how many stars you get for the month and we're giving away little $25 gift cards to first place nothing big just yeah. as a thing just nice. to say just as a thing to say hey it's fun but the other thing we started to do is we looked and we found out that the average person doesn't even read one book a year now when i say that when i was looking at this study like when i say they don't read one book a year meaning they don't even read enough articles 
to add mm. up to a book a year. Okay. That was, that wow. was blew my mind. So I told my, so I told Travis, I said, listen, if we can get our staff to read one book, right? We're doing, they're more than what the average is doing. And then we talked about it with our staff and they were like, well, let's do one every quarter. And we kind of looked at each other like, holy crap. So the reason why I'm telling you this is because the first book that we all decided to read was Ken Blanchard's Whale Done. And so, yeah, so this is what's crazy. So January and February, (laughs) the team has read it and then we're splitting it into four sections in March and we're going to go through each one of the sections at our sales meeting on Monday. And then, um, and then in April, May, and June, we're going to read another book. So when you said "Well done," our Ken Blanchard, I was like, "Oh man, this is crazy." That is amazing. So many of the people in my office have told me that the book has helped them, yes, in our office, but they said it's made them look at their family differently yes. and the yes. way they treat each other. And 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 that, that that was that was big to us. And and that puts a and for all you agents out there, for all you people who get a W two, you enjoy your job and you work for somebody, you don't understand the feeling of of happiness that someone as a leader like me feels when we when we institute these things and we see number one our 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 staff gravitating towards them and doing them but also um, yearning and bringing the results out of them as well and uh it's really really gratifying it really truly is so good taste in the book there ted (laughs) that's amazing wow that book is phenomenal but you know one thing i read many years ago which i see that you're doing is that there are those that don't read books, and then there are those that read all these books to try to institute it into their business. The mistake that I read many years ago that people make is they don't apply it. Mm-hmm. They're on to, they read it, they talk about it for a few minutes, and then they move on. What we made sure we did, especially with Well Done, was we instituted, and even now, once a month, they'll go back to listening to the uh, CD that, cut, that, that we got with the program. Uh, with Ken so that once a month or once every three months there is a refresher if we're seeing things uh, managers may not speak to and it's to part of our employee. new hire yeah it's not not speaking to an employee properly well we sit them down and we say okay this is this is here you you fell off the wagon here let's get you back on because we want to make sure this it's so important that we've had people that we have had to fire and let go and have not been let's say happy on their way out, but you meet them three weeks later or a month later. And I've had a hug and a kiss from the person and said, you know, I know it was my fault. I couldn't deal with it at the time or whatever, but they've actually, I've had those experiences. And I I'm telling you that that means that you did the best you you could for those individuals that, that were there on, in your tribe working for you. You're right about that. You. You're right about that. Closing up. Uh, you two want to say anything before I shut her down? I would love for your listeners to come check us out on Spot On Insurance. We have tons of fun. We'd love to get your feedback. And so every Tuesday, a new episode gets released. Yeah. But you know, the other side, I'm going to make sure that our listeners know about you. Because just as you were saying, those listeners don't know about us. I think it is important that we share that information. And for us, there is no real competition between one podcaster and another. Mm -hmm. Uh, We each have our own style, a unique way. And some people are going to like one more than the other. And that to me doesn't matter. But the information, what we're trying to get across that's being shared, you're going to pick some some interviewees, some some folks that you're going to interview that are going to be very different from ours and are going to have a different perspective. And that's always wonderful for people out there. Different perspectives is what has made America one of the greatest countries ever, right? So so that's the reason why. I mean, someone like you, born in Brooklyn, another person born in Dominican Republic. And um, and am I correct when I say this? Tavares, who played for the Cardinals, wasn't he from the – was he from the Dominican Republic? Yes, yes. I I know this is crazy, stupid Americans who we think everybody knows each other, but was there any family relation, distance, or or is that just a famous name in Dominican Republic? No, that was a famous name, but everybody used to tell me about it. And there was a a music group called Tavares in the 80s. 
as well. And people always used to refer to, hey, did, I listened to this song with Tavares. Are they your family? Or <laughs> but their spelling is a little bit different. Yes. They're the T-A-V-A-R-E-S. Yes, Tavares. Uh, heaven must be missing an angel. That, <laughs> yeah. So, so that is Tavares. That's why I just thought it was us Hicks probably saying Tavares wrong. I mean, because we are like, well, look at that Tavares out there. You know, I mean, that, that's that's how we talk. <laughs> well, I see you spend some time in Texas, Heaven, uh, in the South. <laughs> hey, thank you very much, guys, for for coming on. I really do greatly appreciate it, and uh, and really thank you very much. Thank you, Jason, for having us on. I enjoyed our time with you, Arlene. Do you have anything to close out to say? I asked Ted. You have anything to add? No, no, no. I I asked uh, your listeners to come join us on Spot on Insurance. So that's cool. Uh, We just had such an amazing time with you. Well, I appreciate it. And I did as well. There was a lot of joy here. And, uh, and, and, and that always makes things fun. You know, loyal listeners, it's what we it's what I do. And I do it and I do it for you. And I do it because I, I try to bring these people to you. You're probably thinking to yourself, Jason, I've known about Ted and Arlene and what they do for a long time. Great. But you're probably one of the minorities there because a lot of people don't know. And if there's any way that we can bring any kind of fun to this industry, any kind of joy to your day to try to help make change and make a better life for you and your employees and whatever that could be, at the end of it, something like compliance and licensing is one of those parts of the job that's not very fun. It's one of those things that after you do it for a couple hours, you probably want to jump out the window of your office. <laughs> and so, so, so that's why Ted and our were brought onto this uh, uh, brought onto this podcast, loyal listeners, because I want you to know about it. So, once again, tell me your thoughts, tell me your ideas, and I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. This has been Jason Cass with Agents Influence Podcast. Today was Ted and Arlene Tavares. Thank you. We are out.